Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Mike Adozor, and today will be our third roundtable chat. And joining me shortly will be Pastor Ron Dozor as we discuss a few topics that are pertinent to today as in our walks as Christians and just how things look like right now in regards to riots or elections or just other things that are going on in our culture and society. So those are just those aren't the topics that we will be discussing today, but um, I made it. I'm here. Yeah. Joining me is Pastor Ron Dozor. All right. Roundtable chat three, and we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. I'm trying to bring up my YouTube so I can see some of your questions if you have them. So, Micah, we're going to get into our first topic, aren't we? Yes. And, okay, so I can see if you have a question, uh, you can post a question. We'll see what kind of questions we can get to today. Uh, we kind of have a full docket, but we're going to talk about a couple of different items as well as some prophecy at the end. So that mm -hmm. is always exciting for people, yes. isn't it? Yes, prophecy is one things is one thing that all Christians seem to enjoy, and rightfully so. So as we get going here, your first topic today is. What is it today? It is Black Lives Matter as the organization, not the phrase. And I want to clarify, both Pastron and myself, we call Black Lives Matter BLM Incorporated, just so it's easier to differentiate between the phrase and the organization. Because Black Lives Matter. Yes. And all lives matter. Yes. But we disagree with the organization. Um, not in the sense that black lives don't matter, because as Pastron just said, they do. We believe all lives matter. But there are other things that this organization stands for that we don't necessarily agree with. And I thought, and so does Pastor Ron, that it would be informative to learn some things um, about our friends at Black Lives Matter, BOM Incorporated, for all intents and purposes. And because that's important, there are a lot of churches and a lot of people that have um, – align themselves or standing behind a group of people that maybe they don't even know who they are standing behind or supporting, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, this organization isn't as good as it would appear to be. And of course, you can see that um, recently reports have come out that 91% of riots are from, are, have been caused and started by Black Lives Matter. And these riots have hurt people. They've destroyed businesses, people, you know, single-income mothers, you know, families, black families, small income, small businesses. It's just hurt a bunch of people, and yet there just seems to be this continued support um, for them. So I thought I would do my best to educate people a little bit more on who they are and what they stand for, but also... Um, who some of the co-founders, who their mentor is, which I think some of you will find very interesting. So let's just get into that. Because that's always important. I remember Gail Irwin saying that you should always go to the founder, mm -hmm. right? You should go to the founder and find out what they believe, like be it Christ or Muhammad or Buddha, what do they stand for? Yeah. Because one advocate war and killing people mm -hmm. or just like Jesus Christ, peace and freedom. And when you accept him, you have eternal life. 
So there's, I think it's wonderful to go and see what's behind the founding of BLM Incorporated. So Yes. So to begin, um, the two of the founders have openly said on video, and you can find it on YouTube, that they are trained Marxists. And so we'll get a little bit more into Marxism and communism and how that plays into the church, why the church shouldn't support somebody or a group of people that say they are Marxist. But something that more people should be aware about is two of the founders have said that a mentor of theirs or their mentor, singular, just one mentor, is a woman named Joanne Deborah Chesmard and her most prominent alias is Asada Shakur. So for those of you who don't know who that woman is, she's on the FBI's most wanted terrorist list. So let's get into this a little. So right off the bat, not good. No. So Asada uh, Asada Shakura, or Joanne Deborah Chesmard, as her alias, she is a wanted criminal for domestic terrorism. Um, she is also, and here, let me read off, I'm on the FBI's page, let me read off some of her charges. She's found guilty of first-degree murder, assault and battery of a police officer, assault with dangerous weapon, assault with the intent to kill, illegal possession of a weapon and armed robbery, she was sentenced to life in prison on November 2nd, 1979, but she escaped from prison and has lived underground before being located in Cuba in 1984. She is thought to be currently still living in Cuba. So this woman is wanted for the murder, for the murder of a police officer, first-degree robbery, escape from prison, and domestic terrorism, to name a few. And as I just said, um, two, of the men, two of the founders of... BOM Incorporated have said that this woman is their mentor. I feel as that as I feel as though that should be a little alarming for people when their funds or their time is going towards a company in an organization who to the founders mentor is a woman on the FBI's most wanted terrorist list. Right. So when we're supporting somebody, be it financially or even putting, you know, a BLM stamp or a black box on our website or something that mm -hmm. we're supporting them and if you really don't know what you're supporting <laughs> yeah you you have to you have to know who you are supporting and if you don't look into it then people will say oh so you you as a christian are supporting this i don't know christians supported that and then now people can believe christians support something that is not biblical and that's the issue that kind of arises with some other things that they believe. The BOM Incorporated believes getting rid of the nuclear family. And the nuclear family is a man as the husband, a woman as the wife, and having children. They want to get rid of that. And we know that that is biblical, that there are two genders, a man and a woman, and only a man and a woman should be married. Nothing other than that should be the case. Now. We are not shaming or, you know, we're still called to love everyone, regardless if they are in a different sin or not. Because we are all still sinners. We're all still fallen. So no one is perfect. We can't expect Christian behavior from non-Christians either. But as Christians, we shouldn't be supporting something that, you know, is sinful, which is getting rid of the nuclear family, which would allow for you know, a man and a man, or a woman and a woman, or whatever other sit 
scenario there is. So there's a reason why that term nuclear family, it, it came out of the 1950s. Mm-hmm. So we came out of World War II. We vanquished uh, the Japanese army, the German army. Mm-hmm. Prosperity happened. The 2.5 kids, mom and dad, and believing in America, that America is still great, having problems, and no one is ever saying, are we, Micah, that America is perfect. I happen to believe it's the best system going with all of its flaws, but no system is perfect, and no person is perfect. No No president is perfect, no speaker of the house is perfect, none of that is perfect. So we all have our failures, but this, this narrative that has begun that well, if if you're not perfect and you don't exactly believe that we believe, then we just go out and riot and mm-hmm. loot and burn, um, is the narrative of BLM Incorporated to reduce that which has been around for so long as a stable part of the American society. Yes. It's, the, it's the Judeo-Christian value. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our nation uh, was founded on that, our laws pertain to that and now it is hey let's try to get rid of that and as we push ourselves closer into a world or a United States that uh, wants to get get away from that. By the way John Adams said and I know you know this from Benjamin Franklin too Mm -hmm. this constitution only works with the moral people so when you get rid of the nuclear family, when you get rid of Christian values, when you when you have um, um, immorality run rampant, then that moral people that used to do fine with the Constitution, now it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't hold the water and the weight of what it used to have. So naturally, well, we have to replace that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Sadly, that makes sense because you're no longer a moral people. So we need to continue inside of the church to stand for what is right, what is biblical, what's godly, and not with the system of the world and bringing those things in. Michael, we were just uh, a couple of weeks ago in the life of David, right in Chronicles, yes. and how David had brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem, but he did it in a wrong way, right? Yes. He used the cart or the things of the world. And anytime we do that, um, we, we're sending the wrong message to the world but we're allowing the worldly ways to um, come into. It, yeah, come into, I was just going to say, influence, uh, obviously, the church in a bad way, which then now we're offending everybody because of this and social justice. Micah, give us a short definition of what social justice is versus justice. So justice, um, the traditional idea, idea of justice is if somebody commits a crime— by the nation's law or by God's law, and in America, our system of law is based off of the Bible for the, for the most part. So when somebody breaks the law, well, then now they're held accountable to it. If I steal from a store, well, I'm held accountable to it. If I kill somebody or, you know, whatever the instance is, if I break the law, I'm held accountable for it. Social justice says, okay, well, this person broke the law, but why did they break the law? And, well, because they had a reason to break the law, it's okay for them to break the law. They shouldn't be penalized or they shouldn't, you know, be sent to jail or have this done to them. 
Social justice is asking why they broke the law. Right. I mean, people are justifying. This is crazy to me. We have members of Congress condoning rioting and looting. I'm not talking about peaceful protests, and Mm -hmm. no one else is. They're condoning this behavior, and they're saying, well, they're justified in doing that because of that. Well, that's social justice. It's okay for you to do that because of this perception or this narrative that we have come up with that is systemic racism or something, or or cops are hunting a certain group of people in the United States. I mean, again, we said this before. If you were living in a different country, you'd think it was open season. Yeah which it's not. No. So we got social justice that says why, but the Bible says with justice who. And that's what it's concerned about. Who did this? And we see that through the Old Testament and the New Testament. Who did that? Repent of that. Um, have the punishment if need be, the consequences of that action. But there are a lot of people that have been raised in a bad situation mm-hmm. and yet come out of that and mm-hmm. they are not in that. Yeah. So I want to get a little more into BOM Incorporated just very quickly. One of their, aside from getting rid of the nuclear family, uh, another idea that they have is to defund the police. And the reason for this is that the police are systemically racist, that they openly dislike black people and they target them because of that. That isn't the case. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't bad apples. There are bad apples in every field, you know, whether it is medicine or law. We we talked about this recently. I think you did some research on how many people, uh, and there are are malpractice, right? So there are doctors that for one error or another have not only harmed somebody but killed them, right? Yeah. But we also have doctors that simply just kill people intentionally and we've seen that (laughs) in times past with nurses and so we know that for a fact well are we banning doctors and nurses because of that no in fact in 2018 john hopkins hospital reported that and this is the minimum number that 250,000 people are killed from medical malpractices (laughs) and so that's more than covid yeah as it stands and that was the minimum other other reports were saying the it could be upwards of 400,000. Because it's not really reported accurately. Yeah. And so why I'm bringing this, um, that number up is because, yeah, in 2018, 1,003 people were killed due to police shootings. So with the, and we are not saying that any life lost isn't tragic, but you have the small amount of people so just over a thousand people killed from police shootings, and then you have the anywhere from two hundred fifty thousand to over four hundred thousand people killed from medical malpractice. So on the one side of the aisle, the police work very hard and very diligently to make sure that they reduce the amount of police shootings that result in deaths, regardless of the situation, to improve training or the use of non-lethal equipment. And the media and everybody calls for the police to improve, but you have these hundreds of thousands of deaths from the medical field, and there's nothing. Defund the doctors. Yes, you don't hear that at all. No, we would ask that they would have better training. Yes, the same way that people ask for the police to have better training, and they should. But defunding them is not the way to go about it, because 
in the society in we live in, if I want to train somebody to do a certain thing, that money has to be involved. I can't send Pastor Ron to a seminary for a formal degree in biblical studies without paying the seminary to do so. I can't just expect, if I take his salary away, expect him to somehow come back with a degree. It's not realistic. So by defunding the police, they can't get the better training that people so desperately want them to have, even though the mal, and I don't want to call them mal malpractices, because in some instances, lethal force is the only option left to them, and that is not the police's fault. But the malpractices in the, police soft, in the policing field is significantly smaller to malpractices of other field other fields. So this idea that we need to defund the police is unfair to them because they risk their lives day in and day out. Whenever they put on that uniform, they know I may not, I may not get to come home today. And they do that willingly. And in a lot of situations, they're underpaid as it is and undertrained, and they're still doing the best that they possibly can. So we need to get rid of this idea of defunding the police. We should fund them more and maybe defund some other areas of government or private industry that don't need, you know, as much money as they have currently. Yes. I was just looking something up. Um, some of you may know, maybe not, that we uh, had an officer involved shooting here in Myrtle Beach, mm -hmm. and um, that officer lost his life. And um, what I find amazing, and I know that we watch – um, Brandon Tatum, the Tatum yes. Report on YouTube, and he is an ex-Tucson uh, police officer um, who is black, by the way, and wonderful, uh, uh, just a plug for his website, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the Tatum Report, uh, and his uh, YouTube channel. But, you know, these, these officers are running into dangerous situations, uh, not knowing what's going to be there. And then everyone wants to second guess them when they do that. Yeah. Afterwards, like you didn't do it right, and there, you you really need to put yourself in the position of that officer. And I think uh, Brandon Tatum does a, a wonderful job of helping us understand what it's like to be an officer mm -hmm. in those situations. So, uh, in our community, we lost an officer, yeah. and I, I have to say that I was very impressed with our local media. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if it got national news. I think I did. I was reading um, not huge coverage. I, I saw ABC and a couple so of So there was reports. some national There was some. It was just a police officer in South Carolina was shot and killed in a domestic right. dispute. And I was just really impressed with our local mm -hmm. media partner uh, that we use with WXMB, mm -hmm. our local radio station here. We're partners with them. Um, I, I was impressed with um, their respect and the the way that they handled the whole story. Yeah. And I think that's how we need to view police officers. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We still have a court of law. Mm -hmm. So when somebody does something wrong, be it a doctor or a police officer or anybody else, mm -hmm. or somebody on the county council or somebody in the Myrtle Beach, you know, uh, council or wherever you live, there's, there's a, a set of laws and procedures to go through to get your voice heard. Um, and I think that's the avenue of going down and not second-guessing these officers no. because let the, let the information come out. Uh, there was one case, and I can't remember exactly where it was, um, 
but it, it was recently that the body cam footage wasn't fully released to the public till like a month or two after. Yeah. And the city officials did that for a reason. So they cherry picked or they, uh, they, they edited the body cam image for the emotional factor and they knew what it would do to the people, but that wasn't the full story, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so before we react as a nation, always get the full story. Mm-hmm. That, that entails, that's a great way to end BLM, by the way. So, oh, it's all emotional because of this phrase, Black Lives Matter. Well, but what's behind it? Yeah. Uh, before, we, uh, before we go pre, uh, peacefully protesting, what are we really doing? Mm-hmm. So I think from a biblical perspective and a church perspective, um, we don't need to be supporting any of those causes out there that are for s- social justice and just stand behind what is justice, which is God is true and he is just and he gives mercy and grace to those who call upon his name. Yeah. So where did you want to go next? So um, something else that the two founders have said of BOM, and there are three of them. You can look it up and do some more research on your own. But they have said that they are trained Marxists. And so... um, I don't think that they're traditional Marxists in the sense that a, tr- a traditional Marxist, um, it's very similar to communism because communism takes uh, some of the basic beliefs of Marxism and modifies them to a certain degree. But Marxism is the idea that everybody works, but instead of giving to the government, well, yes. sorry, it gives to the government, but not in the same way as a capitalist society. Where then that benef- where then in a capitalist society the worker works he is paid for it and whatever he produces further benefits the free market economy. Marxism is more the worker works and everything contributes to the community and the community benefits because of that. That's essentially traditional Marxism. Well, it kind of benefits it. Yes. Everything revolves around the state, not the individual. Yes. There is no individual. So if you had true absolute Marxism. Theoretically, it would work, but you don't have that because in communist Marxist countries, Russia, China, Venezuela, Cuba, you always have an oligarchy or a dictatorship. So there is a rule of one or a rule of a few people who are in charge. And because of that, it's not true Marxism or communism. And the system fails because you have all these people working together for the sake of the community and for the state. And there's no individual but then you have these select few individuals over here who are rich and wealthy, who eat well, you know, who have fancy clothes and who have expensive houses and all that. So what we would say, we're going to use the word politician, mm-hmm. even though there may not be politicians in those countries, but yeah. they're politicians, right? Mm-hmm. So the politician enriches himself on the backs of the people. Yeah. We have a system today where you can go into Congress and come out of Congress a millionaire. Mm-hmm. How is that possible? How is it possible that we know certain congressional people, be it senators or congressmen, they align themselves with foreign governments, their families are enriched because of that, and they are multimillionaires. They never walked in Congress that way, but when they came out, 
be it 20 years later, 40 years later, they become multimillionaires. It is always a small group of people Mm -hmm. that benefit from the hardworking people, right? And then to them, the laws don't apply to them, right? So if something happens, it's not their fault. They were, (laughs) you know, the the hairdresser set her up, right? So you have one set of rules for the people and another set of rules for the proletariat, like what was in Russia. They benefit. They get all their kids go to fancy colleges. Their kids go to universities overseas. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, the society as a whole has to stand in line for toilet paper. Yes. And so why I brought up Marxism and communism is because the church doesn't understand what would happen to them and what Marxism and communism advocate for. So as I just said, explain kind of the basics of Marxism at its truest form, which is everybody works for the good of the community and the community for benefits the for the collective good. And every, everybody benefits because of that. There's no individual. Same basic principle with communism, just slightly different. Um, but when you have this, what does the church look like? Because the church advocates for individuality. As Christians, you know, the Bible tells us we are all different. You, we all have special gifts, special talents. Not everybody's a pat not everybody is the pastor. Not everybody works in the sound booth. Some people, you know, help in the back with the children. Some people help clean. So everybody has different gifts and talents. The church wants individuality because God loves us for who we are. He doesn't want a collective group of Christians who are all uniform, who are all wearing gray, who all look the same, who all talk the same. He doesn't want that. So what Marxism and communism do, to get that uniformity that they so desire, you have to remove the church. Because the church is... The only thing that stands in the way of communism and socialism Mm -hmm. and Marxism. It is the only thing that pushes back. Yeah. Because... If you still have the church, then you still have free thinkers. You have people who want to better themselves, who want to use their gifts for God. You see Christians who, not all Christians go to places of success, but sometimes God puts Christians in those positions for a reason. And so as Christians, we are to use our gifts to the fullest possibility that we can and express our individuality in Christ and draw people towards us so that we may tell them about Christ. But if you have people striving and wanting to be individuals in the church, you no longer have that uniformity, and because of that, you have to remove the church. So in every communist nation, every Marxist nation, every socialist nation, every fascist nation, every you know anarchist nation that has ever existed, there are two things that they do first. First is, think of 1930s Germany. They get rid of the guns. Next... 1930s, 1930s Germany, they get rid of the church or they have the church conform? Silenced. Silenced, but essentially conform. It is no longer the church. And so when you get rid of the guns, the people can't fight back. And then you can get rid of the church because the people can't fight back. And now that the church is gone, the state can do whatever they want because there's no moral compass. Right. So when you add... Adv- the, the state becomes the moral compass. Yes. The state becomes the god. Mm-hmm. State becomes religion. Yeah. It's all about the state. It's not about the individual anymore. Yes. So when BOM Incorporated is, when they say they are trained Marxist, 
a good Marxist will know you get rid of guns and you get rid of the church. Because if you have those two things, well, then you can't have true Marxism. But as I just said, you can never have true Marxism. By the way, didn't mean to jump in. Mm -hmm. Let me jump in. The third thing they get rid of, let's see if you can. Isn't it um, gyms and health and wellness? Oh, they do. Yeah, but that was easy. Uh, but I'll tell you what we see happening today. The third major thing they get rid of is free speech. Yeah. So you can't um, you can't go against the government, whatever the party line is, right? You you can't contradict them at all. Mm -hmm. um, and what do we see today? What do we see in our own nation? Cancel culture. So we have the cancel culture, and we have the and, and this. To me, it's not that it's frightening, but that the the amount of power that YouTube and Facebook has and Twitter, it is the arm of the government to silence those detractors. Yeah. When it's it's just information, and and what you're saying by canceling, listen to this. What you're saying is people aren't smart enough to determine what's right or wrong, and listening to that video or that Twitter account or whatever the opposing. Um, discussion may be or yeah. point of view, what you're really saying is we're the smart ones and we know what you need to hear and we'll tell you what you need to hear. And if you don't agree with us, well, then we'll just take you off of our platform and no longer have a voice. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you take guns away, you take the church away, but you get you take away the free speech mm -hmm. and now ultimately you, you, you send those people away mm -hmm. because they can't be around. Yeah. That happened in Germany with Bonhoeffer, who spoke out against Hitler and the, the Nazi regime. They put him away. They took him away. In Romania, that happened. With, um, I'm forgetting the name of the pastor, but. In Russia, that happens. In China, that happens. It happens all around. So you remove that. So what we have in this nation is freedom of speech yeah. and the freedom of assembly, right? And we have freedom of religion. Mm. All of those, they want to take away. Yes. Um, but you can peacefully protest or you can, you can riot and it's just fine. But as soon as you gather together with a voice that is against that argument, somehow you're vilified and you are canceled because you cannot. Uh, every once in a while, we'll be watching a YouTube video, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of these young kids that go to college campuses, be it Charlie yes. Kirk. And I love to watch these young people try to argue with Charlie Kirk or Candace Owens. And they're bringing these wonderful arguments and they're bringing out facts. And to watch these kids get so mad, what do they t tend to do? They tend to just yell and curse and walk away. They never want to hear the other position mm -hmm. because they have been taught that their version is the correct version. Yeah. Isn't that funny? It is. So that's what we see from the communist, socialist, Marxist. So why in the world would we want to go down that path inside mm -hmm. of the church? As, and when you embrace that type of government, there will no longer be a church. You will end up as China does with well, you won't have an effective church. Yes. Well, in China, it's funny because the church is like, is, it's like, it's spreading like a wildfire there. But you get rid of the church and the church can no longer interject in the 
politics of how the nation is run or how the leaders are chosen. And so while Christians are being brought to abundance in China, you have laws and things that go against the Bible and are not biblical, and nothing can be done about it because the church is away from the public spectrum. And you don't have a moral people anymore. Yeah. So now there's no morality. You have corruption. You have abortion that's rampant, right? Everything of this. But um, uh, your mom and I were talking about I think she was listening to somebody on a podcast or YouTube, but it was interesting. They were talking to some people in China, and they said, you Americans, you're very funny because you listen to your media. We know our media is lying to us, and we know that it's the arm of the government. Yeah. And they said, nobody listens to the Chinese media. We just got banned in China. Mm-hmm. And the, the funny thing was how you Americans continue to listen to the mainstream media. And we know that there are, there are good people in the media that are trying to do right. Yes. And we... That's how we, you and I get our news. Yeah. We, we listen to these people. We don't turn on the, the television network and get that. We get people that want to see truth. I'll tell you, I'm not, not going to plug them or name them right now, but there's just really good alternative news out there. And so it's just funny how that Chinese person said, how in the world do you guys still believe your media when we yeah. know it's the arm of the government or a propaganda machine? A machine. So, um, as the church, we need to learn from history, and we're not doing that. Yes. So, we've, we've had plenty of history from uh, Nazi Germany, from uh, the Bolshevik the Revolution Bolshevik, in, in Russia, the Communist, Mao Zedong. Yeah, in China. And then in Venezuela and Cuba. Castro. So, and, yeah. and then you've got North Korea, which is just crazy. Yeah, which is worse than any other country. Even it's it's worse than even China, which is surprising, but that that's the point of us bringing up this idea of communism, Marxism, fascism. These governments get rid of the church, and while, like I just said, in China, believers are being able to spread the news still, and it's catching like wildfire, and there are more believers being brought to Christ in China than there are in the United States and Iran and Iran as well. Very important. It takes away some effectiveness of the church. The church can no longer guide the society. It has to do it from the shadows. And so when you have that form of government, the church loses some of its effectiveness, and you lose souls for Christ. While you're still gaining a lot, you lose some other abilities that you have that could have helped you bring people to Christ as well. So that's why we're bringing up That's why we bring it up. The church needs to understand that advocating for these ideas is not good. It destroys countries. It ruins people's lives. It brings death and um, poverty and hunger. Nothing that Jesus wants. So when they tell us to be good neighbors, a good neighbor would say, okay, I don't want to advocate for this system that will put you in poverty and that would make you starve. Because what good does the gospel do to somebody if they're starving and they don't have food? Unlike, it's similar to like with Peter and John when they healed the layman. Peter said to him, gold and silver I do not have, but I do have the word of Jesus Christ. And he was able to heal the man. Unfortunately, we cannot heal people or generate food as Christ did. So if people are starving, it's hard for them to hear the gospel. 
So we need to not accept this idea that Marxism and communism is something the church should advocate for. It's not. It's ungodly. It's unbiblical. And with Marxism and communism, it takes, it gets rid of biblical um, ideas and just the aspects of Judeo-Christianity, which we stand for. So that's why we bring up the BLM Incorporated so that you understand. It's not something that we should advocate for. Black Lives Matter, just not the organization BOM Incorporated. We don't stand for them. Okay. Let's get out of that topic. Yes. And um, what is our next topic? You wanted to talk about prophecy. I couldn't even remember what our second sec – is that our second or third topic? No, this is our third topic. This is our third topic. Good. It's good to know that we're on the third topic. So what's been going on in the world lately? I mean, aside from COVID. I don't know, actually. You're going to have to answer your own question. Oh, I have to answer my own question. Yes. Well, uh, there are uh, things that are going on, and I think um, what happens a lot of times is that the enemy, of course, knows uh, the truth and knows that eventually he has a little time left and really tries to distract us a lot from what's going on, right? Yeah. So... There's been some progress going on in Israel, and the progress, and I, I just have to say, I don't know about you, Micah, but I am so thankful for Benjamin Netanyahu, yes. the Prime Minister of Israel, and we thank God that he placed that man where he is yes. to fulfill a purpose for his people, his yes. special people. And as a believer, we need to bless those who bless Israel, and God said, I'll curse those who curse Israel. you. So Israel, and the, you kind of have to look at this dynamics of the Middle East and view it through the Ezekiel 38 lens. And the and I'm just going to pull it up because I had it here. Um, this, this event that goes on in the Middle East, and we're not sure where the timing is of that, and that's not really relevant, but... What comes out of this is the seven-year tribulation, yes. to which the church will be gone. The church will not stay here. But there is this Arab-Russia um, coalition that will come against Israel. And mm. I, I, I'm not really going to get into a whole lot of today, but there has some, been some recent teaching from other pastors I've heard that have really opened my eyes to a, a different way of looking at this. But... If you look in Ezekiel 38 and you're looking at the countries that are attacking um, Israel, it was interesting to us because there were some countries that, not that they had a peace treaty with um, Israel, but um, we saw no reason for them to attack Israel. Like Turkey, for example. Yeah. Like why in the world would Turkey be attacking Israel? Well, now we know that Erdogan has been pushing his people to more of an, an Islamic nation, something that Turkey hasn't necessarily been in that radical way. Um, and so now we kind of see how they play out. But let me read to you from Ezekiel 38, verse 13. It said, Sheba, Dedan, and the merchants of Tarshish, and all their young lions will say, Have you come to take plunder? And have you gathered your army to take booty, to carry away silver and gold and take away livestock to the goods to take plunder? And the idea is there are these nations 
that say, hey, you guys are attacking Israel, and we don't think you should be doing that, but we're really not going to do anything about it. Yeah. We're just going to stay on the sidelines. And it's funny because Sheba and Dedan is Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And those Arab nations who just, and there's still more nations signing treaties with Israel, yeah. which tells us that they won't be participating in that fight. Yes. And you, you, you ask yourself, well, how in the world did you get to that? Because I'll tell you, you told me two or three years ago, five years ago, that Saudi Arabia and the Arab Emirate uh, nations would sign a treaty I, I couldn't have seen that happen. But because Iran and their kookiness um, and Iran wanting to get nuclear weapons, all of a sudden you've got a nation like Saudi Arabia or the Emirates like, hey, we're standing alone. And the other reason, and I might add, and it and partly is the United States' fault. Are you ready for this? We are now the supplier of most uh, more oil than any other nation. We are now self-sufficient yeah. than any – we don't have to rely on Middle East oil. We are self-reliant when it comes to energy, and that is so huge. And I know our current president works so hard to get us self-reliant. Well, now, and especially during COVID, because of those prices dropping, Russia is affected, Saudi Arabia was affected, and we're not affected. I mean, we are and we aren't. Yeah, prices are dropped but we still were able to maintain our output. Well, now you've got uncertainty. Well, now uh, Saudi Arabia and the Emirates, what do you do when you don't have this income coming in that you relied on for the last gazillion years? Yeah. What do you do with that? Well, you've got to find other avenues of having commerce. And who's the best in the neighborhood? Who's the one who does commerce the best? who produces uh, pharmaceuticals, who exports more fruit and vegetables than any other area, any other nation, right? Yeah. Who is that? Israel. It's Israel. Well, now I want to become kind of friendly with this group of people because even though I hated them in the past, now I want to be a part of them because oil is no longer a domination. And now that Israel is side-drilling, which I love. Mm-hmm. They're side-drilling, and now they're going to be producing oil and gas. <laughs> so now Israel is no longer um, dependent on any other nation. They are self-reliant, too. So you have this huge kind of uh, all these pieces and players on the, the board that are finally coming together in a, in a really powerful way, and that's yeah. very exciting. Because you have Russia... In China, who have been allies for a, a very long time, but you have Russia and China, and now they are working with Iran, and they're going to form this coalition, and it's it's most likely that these three, if not more nations who will join them, if there are any more, will be the nations that come up against Israel, that the Antichrist will then come onto the scene and say, all right, Let's form a peace treaty across the whole Middle East because Israel and these United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, you know, and however many other nations join that peace treaty. The Antichrist is going to say, okay, let's get everybody working together. No more wars. 
I'll be re I'll rebuild the Temple Mount. Israel, you get a temple. Islam, you get to keep your stuff. Everybody's happy. Everybody's working together. Commerce is great, you know, and there's all this prosperity. And then at this point, the tribulation begins and the church will already be gone. And now because the tribulation is begun, we will, well, we won't see, but the world will begin to progress into a more evil and, you know. Right. And so through this COVID, what we've seen is we're setting the foundation for this one one world ruler because um, we've seen multiple world leaders through COVID say, you know what we need? We need a one world leader. Mm -hmm. We need a one world currency yep. and we need a one world governing body yes. because through this um, COVID, uh, we as a world have to work together uh, to get rid of something. It is totally, Micah, a first step in what will happen very soon. Yes. So all the things that we're seeing right now, and Pastor Ron made a great point about how COVID is, has moved the world to a place where they are now more willing in the case of a disastering event to come together in this one world government, say, I don't know, a billion people disappearing from the face of the earth, that might be pretty convincing for them to go, all right, we've lost one-seventh of the world's population. I think we can all put aside our differences and come together as a one world government. And then all of a sudden from the corner of the room, this gorgeous, charismatic, intelligent man appears on the scene, Antichrist. And we are seeing technologies getting ready, getting ready for the mark of the beast. You have tattoos where they put tiny little microchips into the ink and they can tattoo it on you. And you can now use that as a wallet. You can go into your home with it. You can start your car with it. Yeah. Businesses, you can clock in with it. Certain businesses in the United States are already doing this. Mark of the beast technology is getting there. The hey, but think about this. So you want to know how ready we are? Mm -hmm. COVID has got people to wear masks even though they don't work. We've, we went into that in a previous. Yes. We have posted on our Facebook, Micah, if you can smell smoke or smell anything in your mask, the, the mask isn't doing well. Yeah. It's, it's not, not filtering helping. out the virus. Because the virus is smaller than smoke particles. Thank you. So we are, we're gearing a people up to like, oh, well, then I guess I have to wear my mask. You know what I think is interesting? Uh, that people now are so used to somebody taking a remote thermometer and putting it at their forehead. Yeah. The Bible says part of the mark will either be on your right hand or on your forehead. Mm -hmm. And so this bioluminescent technology, which is no longer a chip, it used to be that it was a chip. We thought it was going to be implanted into the skin, right? Yeah. And then, by the way, and we used to think, it, it's kind of changed that. We used to think, okay, well, something's going to leach into there because part of the the plague that is in the in the tribulation towards the people who have the mark, we thought it might be poisoning them system and then yeah. cause these sores. Well, but now it's bioluminescence. We were just talking about tattooing and how tattooing, the actual tattooing for some people, not all, and I don't want to even get into that today, um, hurts their body physically. Yeah. So we're ready for somebody to to scan your forehead. Yeah. 
we're ready to say, well, you have to wear this mask because it's in the greater good. Mm -hmm. You have to take this mark because it's in the greater good. We literally, we don't like to use that word, but we're literally standing at the very door of the tribulation. And so many people don't even know what's going Mm -hmm. on. And there's, and there's, like Pastor Ron has said, we are ready. F- the mark of the beast um, technology can be implemented easily now. I mean, they're still working on it. They're still improving it because they think that it will add to society. And if it weren't for Revelation telling us that this thing would ultimately be bad, I'd say, it'd be, you know, it's a good right. technology. It would be useful. The same um, goes for a one-world currency. Um, the technology behind that, it's really fascinating. We're not going to discuss it too much. It's called blockchain it's the underlying technology of e-currency bitcoin ethereum those currencies you know it would be very easy for somebody to say okay let's use electronic currency that now corresponds with your wrist or your forehead and blockchain and bitcoin sets that all up real nice so we're seeing one world currency can become a reality within a few years one world government can easily become a reality like i said if a billion people disappear, that's a right. that's a disaster on a magnitude nobody's ever seen. And what before. are they going to tell them? Stay at home, stay at home order until yeah. this pandemic is fixed. And the only ones to fix it, Micah, are the smart ones. And the smart ones take orders from guess who? The Antichrist. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying today's scientists. <laughs> that's it's, right. He's I'm not s- saying that all people in government are taking, but some, some, and they are unwillingly being used by the enemy. Yeah. And so we're just seeing this all transpire. And I, I would just like to end with this today, Micah, mm-hmm. is that this stage is being set more in 2020 than I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, when Barack Obama was president, President yes. Barack Obama. I want to give him respect because yes. it's respect he, for the he office. He was our president, yes. We saw in him somebody that I don't think the world has seen, very charismatic, mm-hmm. can deliver a speech, wow a crowd. Yeah. And it's like, and people are like, well, they see the Antichrist. No, but he's showing us what can happen to somebody that knows how to do that. Yeah. So, we see that, and now we see COVID, and we see all of these steps that are all lining up. The world is not falling out of place. It's the falling. world is falling into place. So all of these things that are going on is simply just setting it up. And it's funny, 2020 has really, I mean, all a lot of these technologies have been working on for years, like blockchain, e-currency, you know, the bioluminescent tattoos and other things of that. But what has really just pushed us even further is that everybody is ready, if it's for the safety and well nature of the collective, to do whatever the government says. And if every government says, we we are going to disband borders, get rid of nations, we're going to become one nation, one language, one currency, one leader, they'll be ready to do it. So it's just... And I find it interesting how they do this because we live in a cancel culture and we live in a shaming culture and i think it's interesting how about you but i see this that if you don't do it if you don't wear the mask Mm -hmm. if you don't do this or you happen to disagree with the government or you bring up another scientist 
I'm like, I'm so tired of hearing all scientists believe. No, they don't. Not all scientists believe in what, uh, how bad COVID was or the, the mask. What? I don't even want to get into it. But in the Spanish flu, they proved that it, masks didn't work. In 2003 or 2004, a study came out, proved that masks don't work. And yet we are building and getting people so ready that when the church is gone and pulled out of the way, they say, stay at home order, and then we'll get back to you with further information. Mm -hmm. And now we push faster than anything the world does into this system. But part of that, let me make a, I finally come back to it. That's part of that Ezekiel 38 and 39. Mm -hmm. Whether the church sees the battle or not, don't know. I, I know that there are some pastors that are teaching that um, it very well could be that we do see that battle. God intervenes and the church is still around for a little bit until that Antichrist comes to the stage. Yeah. I, I don't know where it is. I mean, as a pastor and a teacher teaching prophecy uh, for 25 years, you know, different uh, prophecies through the Bible, uh, a lot of what I used to believe is all gone. Not that it, um, it's just the different players have moved yeah. around the board and technologies have changed so much that right now we're ready for it. And I would just say as we close, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the opportunity to accept him because as we learned today <laughs> in our, our section of scripture with Lazarus and the rich man, you will feel the torment and the pain of the, the choice that you made to reject God. And God gives you the opportunity, doesn't he, doesn't yes. he Micah? And I, I'm, I'm going to leave the stage and let you close out and give them information how they can find us and, and all of that. So the Lord bless you, and we'll see you next time on our roundtable chat. Micah, finish it for us. All right. So thank you for joining us once again, myself, Micah Dozer, and my father, Pastor Ron Dozer. So you can find us at our YouTube channel, which is Calvary Chapel, Myrtle Beach, you can find us on our website at CalvaryChapelMyrtleBeach.com. We have an Instagram, Calvary Chapel Myrtle Beach, and a Facebook, once again, Calvary Chapel Myrtle Beach. You can find us on all these avenues. We would love to pray with you, get you saved, give you a Bible, set you in the right direction. So if any of you who are listening or watching would like to get into, into contact with us, use our website. It would be the best way to reach us. But we will continue to do these round chats as long as you guys are interested, as long as we're able to research and find topics to educate you on. And once again, just to reiterate today's topics, we, we talked about BOM Incorporated, the organization, why the church shouldn't advocate them or, you know, support them. We've given you some valid reasons. One of their mentors is on the FBI's Most Wanted Terrorist List. They support getting rid of the nuclear family and Judeo-Christianity um, beliefs and views, which we know are from God. We talked a little bit about Marxism and communism and how that would just destroy and get rid of the church, which is not something that we want. Because having the church in the public arena does help because there's always going to be a moral compass and the church is always going to be there for people to turn to. But if we have that Marxism and communism, the church is no longer there and people can't turn to them because they don't know where the church is. Even though the church is underground, they don't know that. And finally, just a prophecy update with Pastor Ron Dozor, how events in the Middle East and over in Asia are just all kind of lining up and working together. So we're seeing this, um, we're seeing this stage set for what 
could happen in a few years or it could happen in 10 or 30 years. But we're seeing how Israel and some nations in the Middle East are forming peace treaties and how willing and ready Iran, China, and Russia are to go to war with Israel. So as the church, we just need to be aware of all things. Just be productive, keep the time, make sure our candles are lit waiting for the bridegroom. So until our next roundtable chat or until you join us on Wednesday night or Sunday services, I pray that you have a blessed week. Signing out, this is Micah Dozor from Calvary Chapel, Myrtle Beach.